Keith, was, was there some announcements you went you needed to make? Two of me. I feel sorry for you. Was there any announcements? Okay. All right. We're going to keep in with what uh, Mark's been trying to do. Are you aware that God really, really knows you? You know, we see this scripture here used quite a lot in the church, Matthew 18 and 20. It says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Well, let me, let's ask a couple questions. Does this mean God is in the building? Or does it mean that God is in each Christian in attendance? I guess we could bat those around. Something got batted around. So, here's the question that we need to ask ourselves, or someone has asked for sure, is what about outside the worship service? When I'm alone, when I'm not with other Christians, is God with me then? It says he's with me when two or three of us are together in his name, but is he with me when I'm alone? Good question, I think. We look at Acts 17 27 and we read this. He's, he is actually not far from each one of us. Well, how far is he? How close is he? Where's his attention? Is it on those that he's not far from? Or is attention on me? Good question, isn't it? First Peter 3 and 12, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Well, I feel like I'm righteous, so his eyes is on me. How closely does he watch me? How intently does he watch me? Is it all time? Then Hebrews 4.13 says, All are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Oh yeah. It doesn't appear that there's any cloud or anything between me and God that he can't see me. Starts... Starts making us think a little bit then, don't it? Mm-hmm. Now, here's our question tonight. If you knew that God was aware of your every thought and every action, how would you feel? A couple of ways that we could feel. Would you feel apprehensive? Would you feel fearful? Would you feel like your privacy was invaded? Would it worry you a little bit that God might be watching you do some things that maybe you shouldn't be doing? Or, you know, there's two sides to most every coin. Or would you just feel too wonderful, 
to explain just how much and how well God knows you. How would you feel? If you knew that God had some kind of close relationship with you, somewhere within a very close circle of you, how would you feel? Would you feel just too wonderful to explain it? Would you feel overjoyed knowing that the creator of this universe knows you? Really, really knows you. See, that pendulum can go both ways. If I if I am aware and understand that God has a close, really, really close acquaintance with me, I can either feel as this screen shows apprehensive about it. I can be a little bit concerned about him knowing so much about me. I can even be fearful of it. I can even be dreadful of it. Or the other side that the pendulum could fall, I could feel just so wonderful about it, I just couldn't explain it. So, with all that said, let's look at Psalms 139. And we'll start with verse 6 instead of verse 1 in this case. In verse 6, the psalmist, when you read the context and you feel the emotion of what he's written there, you feel like he's just shouting this verse 6 out. And what does he say in verse 6? He says, such knowledge. Well, let's first get this out of the way. What he's talking about is God's knowledge of him, or, in our case, God's knowledge of me. And we're going to look at that in just a second. But that's what he's talking about here in verse 6. Then he says, it's just too wonderful. Not just wonderful, but too wonderful. Now, I'll tell you now. The, uh, those that know the Hebrew language will tell you that it means and used almost the same way we use it today in our English language here. And we know what that means. This man was excited here in verse 6. He was feeling so good that he was excited. It was knowing God's knowledge of him was exciting. It just excited him. And it was too it was so wonderful that it was just so high, he said, that it's beyond me. It's beyond my imagination. It's beyond my dreams. It's just above me. I cannot believe how much God knows about me. I can't believe that God would be so interested in me 
that he would go to the lengths that's listed in, well, the whole psalm, the whole psalm, really. But what he's talking about here is what's listed in verses one through five. He just says, "Can't believe it. I can't believe the God of this universe wants to know so much about me, or wants to know me so well." that he went to the trouble to do all these things that the psalmist listed in the first five verses. Then he says, I just can't comprehend. Comprehend what? What is it he could not attain? What he couldn't comprehend and what he just thought was above him, as we're going to see, hopefully, was God's desire and effort and the extent to which he knew this psalmist. And he said, it's just too wonderful for me to handle. I am excited out of my gourd. It just don't get any better than this. Too wonderful. In other words, what he's saying here is just incomprehensible. Now, we usually use that word in the negative side, don't we? But here, what this psalmist is trying to say, or is saying, this desire and this effort that God goes to to know me is incomprehensible. Frank problem Sunday. He's saying it's extraordinary. What God wants, this, this relationship God's wanting with him is extraordinary. It is remarkable. And I'm going to have to go to this, looks like. Let's look at the rest of this. We won't go through all of this one third, Psalms 139, but let's look at several verses in there now. Verse 6, we see it. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Verse 12, the night is bright as a day. In other words, it is God's knowledge of me makes me feel so good that the night seems like day. It just brightens everything up. Verse 14. He says, I praise you. Wonderful are your works. Verse 17. How precious to me are your thoughts. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Verse 23. And then the last verse of the psalm, verse 24, he says, Lead me in the way everlasting. This is an excited man, isn't it? So, let's move on a couple, three more if you would. What is it now that is so wonderful that the psalmist just couldn't comprehend it? We need to know, don't we? Go to the one that shows the first six verses if you would. 
Listen to the first six verses. He says, O Lord, you have searched me and know me, known me. Verse 2, you know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, even before a word is on my tongue, oh Lord, you know it all together. You already know what I'm going to say before I say it. Then watch verse 5 in particular. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. That's what the psalmist has been talking about. It's just what he wrote here in the first five verses. Is this going to work? Nah. Yeah, that comes. Look at verse 1. He says, you have searched me. What does he mean when he says searched? He says, you have thoroughly acquainted yourself with my whole soul, my body, and my conduct. You've made a thorough search of me. In other words, you've searched all you can, as best as you can, being God, to know who I am. Look at the effort here that this psalmist is trying to portray that God put in just to know him and just to know me and just to know you. To the point, how far did God go when he searched and known me? Because you have wanted to, because you have searched me, you now know me. You know me. You have searched. You have gone to the trouble to find out all you could about me. Now you know. You know me. Here's the first thing I wanted to try to point out and emphasize. Go to the next one. Yeah, here it is. The next one, please, sir. He said, you have known me. Now look at that. He didn't say that I've known all things says that other places. But here it says, you've known me, the psalmist. It didn't say that he knew all Israel. He didn't know all of the tribe, didn't know all of his people. It didn't say that he knew all of his family. But what did he say? He said, God, you've known me. Personal. 
Now let's look at that a minute. Apologize for problem. We have this Sunday, and one of these days we'll get it fixed. Think about this statement. My God and I have a blank relationship. The psalmist is saying this. My God and I have a one-on-one relationship. Who are the two individuals that he's talking about here? It's God and me. He's saying that my God and I have a personal relationship. He says, my God and I have a private relationship. Ain't nobody else involved in this relationship. Nobody else is included in this one. This is just me and my God. That's all. He's saying that my God and I, we have an intimate relationship. It's not a relationship that my wife or my husband is included in. It's not a relationship that me and my friends or me and other Christians are involved in. It's just me and God. And it's intimate. When you read what verses 1 through 5 has to say, and we're going to look at that until we run out of time, it's not just a it's not just a run of the mill casual relationship. It's an intimate one. It's two close individual. And it is forever, never apart. The relationship that this psalmist is depicting here or illustrating is a relationship in which him and his God are never apart. Never a minute, never a second that they're apart. Now think about that. That's with the God of this universe. So what, what, what is he describing here? How did he describe it? Look at verse 2. Go to verse 2, please. He said, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Well, what's he saying here when he says, when I sit down and I rise up? He's saying, God, you know me. God, you observe my movements in everything I do. You see my motives, you see my imaginations, and you see my thoughts. You know where I'm at. You know what I'm doing. Every move I make, the psalmist is saying, God, you know about it. Sounds ominous, don't it? Sounds a little bit scary, don't it? 
But that's not the message that the psalmist is putting forth in this psalm here. So, we got to ask the question, why? Why does God desire to know what I think and what I do? Why? Here's God that's God of the universe. And here I am down here among all these other folks. Among all these other Christians who are his children too. Why does he want to know so much about me? So he can make sure he knows what I'm saying. Is that what it is? No. Mm -mm. When you look at what the psalmist wrote, the text, the context, and the emotions of it, this thing, that ain't what he's talking about. This thing was too wonderful for him. Why would he feel wonderful if he thought, well, I missed one there, didn't I? If he thought God wanted to see him sin, catch him when he's sinning, he never would have used terminology like that or emotions that he used. Why does God want to know this psalmist as closely as he does? Because he don't want him to slip away. He does not want he does not want him to wander away from him. See what God wants. What God is doing in these first, well, the whole Psalm, 20, 20, 24 verses. He is wanting to know all he can about this psalmist because he don't want anything unknown to cause him to lose him. The psalmist, or God to lose the psalmist. Well, it become more apparent as we move on through this thing. Now, <clears throat> here's some statements that the psalmist could have made. He said, God, you know my every word spoken, being spoken and already spoken. Well, well let's go down to verse 4. In verse 4, he says, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. So the psalmist in verse 3 is saying God knows everything. He knows where he's at. Knows all of his moves. Now he's saying he knows everything that I have spoken before. Everything I'm speaking currently. And everything that I'm ready to say or I'm going to say. That's how well his God knows him. And he could easily say, and does say really, when you look at it, you understand my mind and my thinking. And you never not know why I say what I say. We don't sometimes, but God don't. Now look at this last one here. God, you are always wandering around in my 
mind. That's what he's saying here in these few verses, is that God is always in his mind, in the psalmist's mind. Not that the psalmist is thinking about God in his mind. No, that's not what it's saying. What it's saying is, is that God himself, in some form or fashion, is in the mind of the psalmist, is in my mind, is in your mind. That's how well he knows us. That's how well he knows me. That's how well he knows you. Is he's there. He's lurking around in my mind always. So he can make sure that I've sinned? No. That's not what the psalmist is talking about in this psalm. He's not talking about God being in a position to catch me doing all these things that I shouldn't be doing. Not what he's talking about. Well, what is he talking about? He just don't want to lose me. That's what it is. He just don't want to lose me. He don't want me to slip away. There is nothing... He don't want something that's happening about me that he's not aware of that allowed me to slip away from him. He is going to know me well enough that he's not going to let me slip away. Now look at this verse. This one is picturesque, if you will. Verse 5. He said, you hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Well, this word hem up here, it's a military word, and it means to besiege, to hem in, of course, to closely surround, to allow no way of escape, and to press, to press upon, and compress. You see what he's trying to say. We know what besiege means when the military besieges some position. Look what the psalmist is saying here. God, you are all around me. You have a desire to know me and to keep me from slipping away from you that is so great that you just besiege me. He says, you lay your hand upon me. Now, what's the picture here? Imagine this. 
that God has this psalmist surrounded. He has his arms around him. He's behind him. He's in front of him. He's on each side of him. He can't slip through. He cannot slip out of God's arms. He cannot slip out of this grip that God has on him. Next one. And this hugging, if you would, that God has of the psalmist here is so tight that the only way that psalmist could slip out of it is if he chose to do so. The psalmist, not God. The only way that that psalmist could get out of that grasp of God is if he chose to do so himself. So how close of a relationship does God want to have with me? How close did he want to have with the psalmist? How close does he want to have with you and me today? He wants to squeeze me so tight I cannot slip through his grasp. How close? But you know, he's still loose enough. He provides me with a free will to choose as I wish. Here's the picture. God wants to hug me up and hold me so tight, as tight as he possibly can to the point that I don't have any free will. And once it gets that far, he stops. And he lets me have my free will. Next one. I sort of visualize it as something like this. That's what God wants to do. That's how much he wants to have a relationship with each of us. One that is so tight that I can't slip through it unless I make a bad decision of my own free will. You ever thought about the way the psalmist does? You know, here's the way that David may have said it. He said, wow, I'm blown away by God's desire and effort to know me and to keep me from wandering away from him. See, that's what he's trying to say here. I am totally blown away. I can't understand it. I can't comprehend it. It's too far above me that God loves me so much that he's willing to know everything about me, willing to hold me up tight that I just can't understand. 
I can't. Do we think about do we think about it this way, the way the psalmist did? For lack of time, I'm gonna move all the way down to the bottom. We need to ask ourselves this question Am I in awe and amazement of this intimate relationship? God desires to have with me. Does it just make me feel wonderful? Am I at all and amazed that God would want to be this close to me? Or does it cause me anxiety? What's he trying to tell us in this psalm? As a child of God, as one of his, he is just overpowered with a desire to know me. Know me well enough that I can't slip away. But he's a good God. He lets me have my free will. Okay. Time's up.